Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet will never have enough of, it is nerds never. talking about Star Wars. Never, ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so when we podcast, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Ooh, shit's real bleak this week, everyone. <laughs> really? Let's just face it. We're taking a look at the last episode of the newest Disney Plus Star Wars show, Visions. This episode is Akakiri. Anders, you ready for a pretty depressing ending? It's the holidays, man. Come on. Can't we get something nice? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to have to watch the Lego Star Wars over again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, I will totally watch that over again. That's fine. All right, everyone, we're going to head into our technical details. This film was produced by Science Saru, which we have seen before. It was written by Yuichiro Kido and directed by Eun Young Choi. The characters Tsubaki, Misa, Kamachi, Senshu, and Masago are voiced in the original Japanese by Yumi Asaki, Lin, seriously, first name only, Wataru Tadagaki, Cho, also first name only, and Yukari Nozawa. In the English dub, they are voiced by Henry Golding. Hotty alert! <laughs> Whew! Damn, Tsubaki. If this goes live action, please cast Henry Golding as him. Then we have Jamie Chung, also, also a hottie. Also alert. <laughs> also a hottie. We love her. Kion Young, George Takai. Oh my god, I love him. And Lorraine Toussaint. Also, she can do no wrong. Fantastic. The runtime is about 14 minutes, so it's right in the middle for a Visions film runtime. All right, so getting right into it, the plot synopsis here. We have Tsubaki, a Jedi, crashes his B-Wing onto a planet and fights off several marauders uh, before he seems to have a really, really painful vision. Mm-hmm. The marauders are actually about to take him before they are driven off by some arrows. He has been saved by the Princess Misa and her two <laughs> companions, Kamachi, Kamahachi, Kamahachi yeah. and Senshu, who absolutely look like they belong in the swamp-bending tribe of Atla. <laughs> I couldn't stop oh thinking God. about it. You're so right. <laughs> Shouts to our boys, the Swamp Benders. <laughs> so Tsubaki has come to help after hearing what happened to Misa's father. He was in fact taken out by a Sith Lord hiding in his court, Masago. The group sets off on their journey to avenge Misa's father and to restore her to the throne. Along the way, Tsubaki uh, makes his beliefs on destiny and fate known. He is very, very explicit about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what he Even thinks. though he's been having painful visions. Like, you can take mm-hmm. that fate and shove it. Yep. Um, right up the mountain pass. <laughs> and both uh, Senshu and Kamahachi ultimately leave the group. They, they complete their part of the bargain. They get them inside. But then they're like, yeah, I'm out. Um, until they get captured. <laughs> until they get captured on the way out. They were so close. <laughs> yes, they had their money. They were ready to go. So Tsubaki and Misa infiltrate the palace and confront Masago. Tsubaki uh, is trying to regain his strength, but Masago is just taunting him with the dark side. Mm-hmm. He, and he's, he's resisting, he's resisting, but in his kind of delirium with everything, he accidentally strikes down Misa mm-hmm. and is horrified at what he's done. Masago says she can restore the girl, if he embraces his destiny and joins her as her apprentice in the order of the Sith to save Misa, he does it. The girl is healed. 
and she is forced to watch her friend depart with the Sith. And we just kind of end on that note. We can fade to black, everyone. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so I mentioned this when we did kind of our intro to visions episode uh, several weeks ago. I literally, I did not remember anything about this film after the first time I watched it. <laughs> like we were coming back to it. I hadn't done a rewatch yet at all. And I just, this one, I was like, I, I remember it was called Akakiri. That's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very memorable title. The title very memorable very title. And I think at that time it was just, you know, it was at the end of my binging. So yep. by then... You're it just tired. kind of it got lost in the it got lost in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll still it's not my favorite, I think by a stretch, mm-hmm. but I do still really like it. It is a very classic plot line trying to restore the princess to the throne, uh, but ultimately mm. that gets turned on its head. Uh, I feel this one is definitely it's setting itself up more than almost any other of the visions to be just the first installment of a larger story, and mm-hmm. I'm really interested in knowing where that goes, Same. and you know. It is possible to end Star Wars on a on a low note. Yes. This yes. is very Empire Strikes Back without yes. the Luke and Leia scene at yes. the end. And it does it. a much better job of it than Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> he says as he sips his drink. Yes. <laughs> I I was the same. I initially changed really my mind. Know, and, mm, I will not try to change <laughs> Even though, even though it is my favorite of the prequel films that's a sliding scale of not my favorite <laughs> star wars films that's <laughs> fine i really didn't know what to make of this one at first i was kind of like what it might have been because i was super tired because the first watch i binged all of it at once but it felt like such a downer for the series ending after like i should have just known i'm like it's disney and it's star wars sure it's gonna have shit like shitty time for everyone <laughs> but on the rewatch i liked it a lot more and I focused more on the characters and their motivations. That like very visceral interpretation of the visions was really fantastic. Like this mm-hmm. is obviously causing him a lot of pain. I, it, you kind of see it with Anakin's visions that it could be seen as painful, but it's almost more like a dream. These are actually like debilitating to him, which was a different take. And I liked that. When he stabbed Misa on my second watch, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. Full on gas. And the voice cast is just so good in this one. Very much enjoyed them. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on, we're just going to take a quick ad break to hear about some other podcasts from Forgotten Entertainment. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights, Colleen McMillan, Flo Siegel, and Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. 
All right, next we are going to head into our guiding questions section. I'm actually going to make Anders talk about the anime studio this time. <laughs> it's not very much. <laughs> yeah, it's really not much. So this is Science Saroom, uh, which also made TOV1 Helms the Final Vision Sword. Uh, another example of what an anime studio can do. The differences in the style for these two episodes, the tone, everything about them is massive mm -hmm. toby is so ultimately like light-hearted and joyful yes. and this is depressing right but then this one has a more vibrant color palette so it's toby... even more confusing toby is the super than, friends than and this is batman yes <laughs> i would agree or doom patrol or <laughs> some sort of like what the fuck is happening yeah How did no because because tsubaki isn't just gonna stand there and just yell fuck <laughs> i mean he could that would be more he like could. the two the two guys yeah brendan fraser please just keep doing voice work where you just stand still and yell fuck i love brendan fraser so star wars if you're listening universe please cast brendan fraser as anything <laughs> seriously he could be an amazing kyle katarn who is older i am here for that because kyle katarn is not here for anyone's nonsense he's older and he's sick of everyone's shit <laughs> you know who i just thought of who he'd make an interest who he'd make an interesting choice for Ooh. it's not a particularly good zeb. character no he wouldn't be zeb eh, he actually probably would be a good zeb. He'd be zeb he'd be hilarious as morgan Oh my God. Don't make Brendan Fraser do that. <laughs> we can't. James James Hong is already really good as Esmore. <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about it, it would be really funny. Yeah. But I want him to be like the Jedi who's just like, God damn Jedi kids that I have to help train. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and he also like, he's not a big fan of <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes, please. Okay. Okay, please. moving back to what Someone we're actually back. talking about. <laughs> we, I can't help it. Once Brendan Fraser gets brought up, it's all over. All right, so next we're talking about our Japanese cultural or anime influences in this film. We have Japanese name meanings. I'm really big on name meaning dissection. I love it. The etymology of names. A lot of the short films in this have particular name meanings for their characters, but Akakiri takes it kind of like the next step. Zubaki means camellia, which is the type of flower, and it symbolizes love and affection, which is kind of perfect for the doomed Zubaki. Like, this is what takes him out. His love interest, Misa, has two potential meanings in Japanese beautiful bloom, more flower imagery, or help, which, like, yes, she needs help in order to regain her throne. And then we have Masago, our villain. No one tell Anakin, but her name means sand. <laughs> she's coarse, she's irritating, and she gets everywhere. Yes, this is fair. Next, we have Akakiri, which literally means red fog. And this is pertaining to Sabaki's visions, but it also refers to custody, depending on how you're doing the kanji, or the connections and ties between people. The Japanese story of Tanabata, which was originally a Chinese story that they kind of were like, yoink, it's mine now. <laughs> tells the story of two star-crossed lovers like Tsubaki and Misa. The tale even has an annual festival in Japan, which takes place in July. So they have like a Romeo and Juliet festival. Interesting. Here for it. Mm -hmm. So we started off with a Kurosawa homage and we mm -hmm. end with one. The two yep. seemingly useless guys that Misa 
mm-hmm. are exactly like the everyman narrators of the hidden fortress mm-hmm. uh, and we get another mer- very memorable villain although our hero is a little bit less successful in taking her down than ronin was oopsies which if you read the novel i don't know how successful he was either but (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) don't worry everyone i will finish it yes (laughs) had to read lesser evil first i mean yeah obviously Mm -hmm. all right next up we have some droids so droids are a massive presence in star wars but unfortunately we don't really get ending in this final short rude Rude. Rude. Uh, there were some really fun new creatures, though. We had those ostrich horse guys at the beginning. We haven't seen them before, but they're kind of like bird-inspired tauntauns. Yeah, they looked really cool. Kind of like Another Atla kind of creature, like a combination of two animals that makes them. Yeah. What are what are they in? Are they ostrich horses in Atla? Uh, uh, maybe. It's something like that. It's definitely a bird that's also a horse. Yeah. Yay, Star Wars, give us more creatures. All right, Um, so next, we've got our connections, callbacks, and homages. Let's just start up Visions. The entire short film series is called Visions. We end on a short that is primarily plot-driven by Visions. I mean, the entire short film, Akakiri, is called Akakiri because it's about his visions. Should we listen to them? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Count Dooku and Qui-Gon probably would have taken more stock in Zubaki's painful visions than his master did, or who presumably is his master. He's like, no, but these visions keep happening. And his master's like, oh, you know, oh, maybe you shouldn't go, though. Like, mm. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe then he wouldn't have fallen to the dark side. Like, couldn't have his master have gone with him and helped him? But he's like, no, you just have to go do your own thing, I guess. Hmm. Not that I'm surprised with the Jedi Order. Just saying. No. So next up we have Masago actually makes mm. good on her promise to save mm-hmm. Misa from death. So Palpy, take that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she can actually do it. <laughs> yeah, she can actually do it. Uh, and it's also a pretty good instance of force healing, although it really is the first time that the dark side is invoked to do it. The only other time, uh, I'm personally a proponent of the theory that Palpy couldn't fully heal Anakin on Mustafar because he was using the dark side to do the force heal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the dark side is not for healing. The dark usually. side is not for healing, but here it seems to work. Maybe she maybe wasn't actually. Maybe he... she wasn't actually that far gone. Maybe, or she was like pulling from Zubaki, who would be using the light side to try and revive her. So it's like a mesh of light and yeah. dark. Gray, de- gray Jedi, shh. It's fine. They're not a thing. Next, we have Kamahachi and Senshu. Both throw some major Yoda in Empire Strikes Back energy, and it is hilarious. <laughs> they are completely useless, pretty much just like Yoda in Empire. Found someone you have. Hmm? <laughs> interesting (laughs) speaking in riddles all that sort of stuff god those two plus yoda Mm -hmm. Mm. so so the landscape here with kind of the walled off city and the way that they the the setting of the standoff there at the end really gave Mm -hmm. me some vibes from the episode the jedi from mandalorian here uh again that duel at the end was almost looked like they just animated that set yeah 
very cool. Although Masago wins instead of Morgan losing. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't surprising. Ahsoka knew what she was about and Zubaki does not. Mm Mm-hmm. So this next one is not a Star Wars homage, but the character of Masago, Masago, the way she was animated and kind of the way she spoke, just to me really radiated some uh, granny goodness energy mm. from the DC animated universe mm-hmm. as Dark Side's right hand woman. Uh, Lorraine Toussaint is also just no stranger to playing villains either. Mm-hmm. She was V on Orange is the New Black and voiced Shadow Weaver on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Great show. Mm-hmm. Check that one out. Yes, amazing. And Shadow Weaver is great. Shadow Weaver is pretty awesome. <laughs> I love her. Next, we have the Doomed Lovers. Mm, in Star Wars, this isn't new. We talked about Lost Stars a little bit on our last pod, which has a kind of Doomed Lovers aspect to it. But Zubaki and Misa definitely seem most like Padme and Anakin. The woman who has like all of this responsibility on her shoulders, the right to rule, and then Anakin, who is the Jedi, who gets visions and is like, oh, no, my girlfriend. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I, I'm sorry, Flo, but I think Zubaki is hotter than Anakin. <laughs> you just think that because he's older. I mean, he's older, but he also has long black hair and dark eyes. That's pretty much my jam. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then lastly, we have this kind of refrain mm. of you will join me. It is your destiny. Palpatine, we hear you. OK, you're making yourself known. Is this her like his sister? For God's sake. I don't know. All Uh-oh. right. Next up is time for our final instance of the power <laughs> rankings. So we are we have been constructing our power rankings as we go. And they are set when they are set. So Colleen. Here we go. Okay, starting at the top of your starting at the top of your list. Akikiri mm-hmm. versus the ninth Jedi. Below. Okay. Akikiri versus the village bride. Below. Akikiri versus Lapanocho. Below. Akikiri versus the elder. Below. Akikiri versus the duel. Below. Akikiri versus TOB1. Above. <laughs> Above Toby. Okay. Yep. Yep. Akakiri really grew on me and listening to the voice actors work together was really kind of pushed me over the edge. Plus, I love a good angsty, depressing ending, (laughs) as we will find out in my recommendations. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, I have Akakiri versus the Ninth Jedi below. Akakiri versus Lavanocho below. Akakiri versus the Duel below. Akakiri versus the Elder below uh, versus Tatooine Rhapsody. I'm still going below. Ooh. Akakiri versus the Village Bride. Ooh, this <laughs> one's getting this is this is getting tough. <laughs> now nah, I like the Village. I do like the Village Bride more. I think I'm going to put it below versus Toby. I'm still going below. Whoa. Uh, and now I, I, Toby, look, Toby is awesome. All right. It He's so adorable. Cute. He it is, is very adorable. cute. adorable. Mm-hmm. And now versus the twins. Mm. This is a tough call. Because I guess I. They're, you they're, did this to yourself. <laughs> I did. 
I think Akikiri might have more there there mm. in terms of some stuff. But the twin and the twins, I remember we were both kind of like shocked at how low we ended up putting the twins. Yeah. But does it? Uh, no, Akikiri can stay above the twins. Yeah, the twins fell a long way for me in the rewatch. Yeah, it really like it's, did. It's beautiful. It's still a good short film, everyone. It is. It's just not as good as some of the other offerings that we got. All right. So now we have our final Visions power rankings. <sighs> oh, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> wild. Uh, all right. So, Colleen, yours is The Ninth Jedi, The Village Bride. La Pinocho, The Elder, The Duel, Akahiri, Toby, Tatooine Rhapsody, and The Twins. Mine is The Ninth Jedi, La Pinocho, The Duel, The Elder, Tatooine Rhapsody, The Village Bride, Toby, Akahiri, and The Twins. Dang. So, I, I mean, our top and our bottom is the same. Mm-hmm. And we actually have The Elder and Toby in the exact same slot. The middle is tougher to gauge. Like that's where I had a lot more trouble. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like my top is my top. The ones that I will go back and rewatch, I think is what I was going for for my kind of ranking system. Like which ones will I really go rewatch? Yeah. And Ninth, Ninth Jedi is my top for rewatch. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious, though, if I just like asked you for your power rankings now without looking at this document, would, you, would your list be the same? That's just rude. Okay, <laughs> everyone. Now that we've established that we change our minds very quickly when it comes to Star Wars, let us go into our recommendation section. See if I can get Anders to <laughs> take the plunge yet again into another anime. We need an epic anime to kind of fit Akakiri's proposed epic strategy. One that steps over other anime, leaves them weeping in its wake. Also a downer, perhaps. Yes, yes, it is. I've got to do it. Anders, I've annoyed you so many times to watch <laughs> this. It's got people eating giants, which no, I am not here for. It's got angst and trauma for days, which yes, I am here for. Attack on Titan has to be my final recommendation. It can definitely be seen as kind of like a nihilistic watch steeped in agony, basically. But it's also got fantastic humor. The characters are so well written. The voice actors, holy shit, are really good. Really great narrative tricks that will surprise you. I was like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. And I'm a very seasoned TV watcher, a seasoned book reader. And still, I was like, holy shit. Didn't didn't see that coming. Did not see it coming whatsoever. How many times did I audibly gasp while watching the show? Many. <laughs> or feel like throwing the manga, which is like a brick, everyone. You could stun a burglar with this book. There are like six of them. They're huge. Yeah, I wanted to throw it, but I couldn't. It would damage something. Like, yes. Amazing. Please watch this. If you're up for some like it's very heavy. This is heavy subject matter, mainly about the futility of war and child soldiers and the futility of being part of an army. Hmm. Definitely give Attack on Titan a try. It's not about Titan the moon, everyone. <laughs> a lot of people think it's set in space because they think it's Titan 
one of Saturn's so we're not going to get we're not we're not going to yeah. see Thanos. No, alas, there is no Thanos or Eros <laughs> in this in this anime. All right. So for my recommendation this week, um, I haven't read the books associated with this. But, you know, the relationship between Misa and Tsubaki in this actually really reminded me of a central relationship in the first few episodes of The Wheel of Time that's now oh. in, in the middle of its first season on Amazon Prime. So okay. I would say go check that out. It's pretty darn good. Right. Uh, and also, you know, because we were talking about him earlier, go back and revisit The Mummy and Mummy Returns. Get some Brendan Fraser yes. and Rachel Wise. You so good. <laughs> I would actually rewatch The Mummy before I would watch... Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love Indiana Jones, but Brendan Fraser? Rachel Weiss. And Rachel Weiss? Yeah. Or like a hotter version? <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Rachel I no, Rachel Weiss is, is so hot in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Karen Allen just holds her liquor so well. <laughs> I love, I do love Karen Allen. I love Marion Ravenwood. I mean, it would be a toss up. If someone was like, do you want to watch The Mummy? Or do you want to watch Raiders? I'd be like, shit, double feature? <laughs> Can we watch both? No, then you have to have a triple feature because you got to watch The Mummy Returns. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us today. So that's going to be it for us for Visions for now. Mm -hmm. We are still planning on returning to this world at some point uh, to discuss the Ronin novel sometime soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're recording this in very early December. And I think when this episode comes out, we will be getting ready for another book, The Book of Boba Fett, which is getting ready to air on December 29th. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) And I hope Daniel's back for us with that, too. Yes, please, Daniel. Please watch Tomorrow Morrison. <laughs> please. Uh, and Ming Wen. And Ming Wen. Until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Mm-hmm. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. And then check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family over at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Colleen and I on the Booking Me Geek Studies podcast, where we recently wrapped up our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels and are prepping <laughs> for our next run. Uh, you can also find Colleen's book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com, where she reviews Star Wars literature. But mm-hmm. until next time, everybody, so long. Ooh, bye, everyone. <laughs>